You're listening to the One Minute Mindfulness Show with Vicki Kelly and Natalie MacGyver. This is the One Minute Mindfulness Show where we explore the life-enhancing power of retraining our attention systems and everyday ways to strengthen our capacity for mindful living. I'm Vicki Kelly and it's a welcome back to the show. Well, we've had lots going on in the, the last number of weeks. We've just come off the, the back of the Wellness Summit, which was again an outstanding uh, success for the people that attended and the feedback um, across all the platforms uh, has been amazing. And so I want to thank all of the organisers, Marcus and the and the wellness guys and Up for a Chat and the whole Wellness Couch team for an amazing event. I had an incredible time and uh, just getting out and about reminds me of the beautiful community and tribe we have out there in the uh, well-being world. And today's guest is another new new person to the, the uh, field of the wellness couch and I met our next guest at a wellness expo and with having with having my book I'm getting out to new and different communities and different tribes out in the in the wellness world and I was here in Auckland at the Be Pure Festival and I got to meet our next guest Kelly who who is doing her part in the mindfulness and contemplative world out in little parts of Auckland and she's she's what is what is called a self-compassion crusader and she's the author of the book called Cultivating Calm a guidebook for overthinking mothers and all the mothers out there in the world and I don't think you have to be a mother to be overthinking but I know as a mum myself uh, we can step into the realm of overthinking, particularly when we're trying to juggle a number of different activities. Kelly also has a blog with Huffington Post and she teaches mindfulness skills one-on-one and in groups uh, throughout New Zealand. So I'd like to welcome, and Kelly will tell us a lot more about herself, I would like to welcome Kelly Brown to the show. Welcome Kelly, hello. Hello Vicky, thank you so much for having me on. It's so exciting. We've We've only met once. And Kelly <laughs> reached out and said, "Hey, I'd I'd love to connect uh, further. Can we can we work out something?" And I said, "Hey, why don't we start with an interview on on the wellness couch? <laughs> what better way to kick off a new friendship? <laughs> what better way? And we get to include all of our omlings in uh, in our conversation today. So, Kelly, tell me." Just in a in a nutshell, how did you get into the contemplative, into the mindfulness world? What was it? Was it something that that sort of grew within you, or do you have a, a background in that training? Tell us about yourself. Sure. No, I don't have a background um, at all with with the mindfulness practice as such, um, or contemplative practice at all. It's not something that my family. Um, took part in or knew about or nothing that I was ever really introduced to until I became a mum and I was really struggling as a mum of two young kids. So it was out of necessity. Um, It was out of necessity Um, and I'd never heard of the word mindfulness. Um, I'd heard of meditation but didn't remotely think it was something that would be of benefit to me. It hadn't really crossed my path. 
um, until, yeah, I it was, um, can vividly remember <laughs> my struggles with having my toddler and then my newborn. So it was that time where I was really overwhelmed by all of these huge emotions. You know, when you become a mum, it's often that you've never experienced emotions to the level that you do. Mm. Um, you know, whether it's the the loneliness at times or the general overwhelm. Sometimes it's then frustration, you know, then for me that turned into this anger. Mm. I got so angry at my my toddler who was just being a toddler, but, you know, if he was biting his baby sister and, um, I don't know, when I was feeding her at a friend's house, he'd be running down the road and I'm getting so anxious um, that he's going to get run over or, you know, so I'd start to stay stay home because home was safer and then the loneliness was then you know, building up again. So I'm sure that the, so many of us can relate with that the 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 joy, but the struggle of of navigating through a, a new life path called motherhood. Yes, exactly. And there was just so much going on for me. Um, you know, as is very normal experience of that time of motherhood, I'm sure. Um, and so I, I was, I just kept thinking to myself, well, you know, and everyone would say, this is the toughest period of your life. And, you know, <laughs> things will get better when X, Y, Z, you know, so things will get better when your youngest turns two or when your husband's not working such long hours, you know, we didn't really see him during the week very well, the kids didn't see him. So, um, you know, and I kept thinking, all right, well, I'll just keep hanging in there, just struggling along. Um, and then one day, you know, my daughter hit two, this miraculous event that everyone said would occur <laughs> of me feeling great all of a sudden didn't happen. And I yeah. still felt really average. So I, um, I reached out for help. I really had got to a point where, you know, I was really, really struggling and um, talking to my husband. I think I need to really reach out to someone. Um, I didn't know who, you know, that was the scary thing. I'm like, wow, do I need a psychologist? Yeah, or where do you turn? Where do I start? Yeah. Do I need a counsellor? What do I need? That all sounded very clinical and mm. scary when I just thought, you know, surely I should just better sort myself out. But I obviously couldn't. So um, I was fortunate enough to be introduced to um, a deliciously lovely lady um, who you met, Fiona McKay. Oh, um, Fiona, yeah. Yeah. So I Who's a mum herself, and so she, she's, she has a, a, um, yeah, direct understanding. Yeah, absolutely. And so she's a beautiful, very holistic psychologist um, based up here in Walkworth, where I am. Um, and, yeah, just had a, um, a session with her, and she never even mentioned the word mindfulness. You know, for her, it was about the same concept, but just not wrapped up in a particular terminology necessarily, but just about being present. And that was the first day in my adult life that I came out of my busy head and really into my body and into the, the here and the now. And, wow, you know, we were sitting in my garden looking at the little bits of, you know, pollen and dust floating through the air looking at the bees you know buzzing past and I, I seriously that was the first time that I had been shown a way to get out of this crazy busyness in my head all the overwhelm and just take a breath and be here now and it was quite literally life-changing for me <laughs> wow that is amazing and so so what was it, was it a, a particular practice for you, Kelly? Were you introduced to, to this awareness through a, 
a particular practice or was it just the concept of it at, at in that first realm? Mm, yes, it was just the concept at that first time and my natural thirst for knowledge, I, I'm a bit of a geek, <laughs> I started researching, you know, researching um, the mind and psychology and then came across John Kabat-Zinn and his work with MBSR and I'm like, oh yeah, this is all starting to fit together um, and, you know, found, then saw the word mindfulness and, you know, this is about three years ago now, so it wasn't as prolific in New Zealand as it is now. And yeah, just started to read more um, neuroscience and, and the like and yeah, came across sort of developed my own version of what that meant for me and how um, I would integrate that into my life, which was, um, yeah, breath, you know, breath meditation. And and then there's little micro holidays. So that kind of active meditation where if I'm doing the dishes, which I, I really hate doing the dishes, <laughs> it's my pet peeve. I'm just, ah, so I'm trying to take this, um, this chore that I really don't like and use that as an active meditation. So now when I'm doing the dishes, I notice my frustration and I, I notice what's going on with my emotional emotions. And then I sink into my senses and you know, really just focus on the colors of the dishes and the feel of the warm water and the soap suds and the brush. And, and every time my mind wanders, just bring it back to that action of brushing, the, you know, washing the dishes and stacking them. And so it's, it's those so it's, kind of practices for me. Yeah, it's really uh again and and we talk about this in other shows allowing your life whatever whatever your life brings you whether it's washing the dishes or having a shower or brushing our teeth or driving from a to b allowing your life to inform your moment to moment awareness yes absolutely and i guess what now um these days you know sort of 3 years down the track it's more of that and less formal seated meditation. I still do that, um, you know, definitely every week, but not every day like I used to. Which is not for everyone, hey. And, yeah, and that's certainly not- something that I've I've noticed over the years is formal meditation practice is just not for everyone. And I used to I used to think that was the only way to to this state of you know Zen or or being or, or mindfulness or awareness. And yet, I'm you know the, the more I meet people like you, Kelly, and and people out there in the world, it, you're exactly right. It's not. It doesn't have have to be grounded in a formal practice. It can be grounded in our everyday lives through moment to moment awareness, and just doing, taking that breath or noticing the the what we're feeling or it, how our body feels at any moment in time strengthens our capacity for noticing that in the future yes yeah absolutely and do you know what I do find though that um I it's quite cyclical for me so I definitely come back to thinking oh yeah I really think you know for this this week I kind of only go week by week this week I'm going to really enforce a seated practice and you know I'll do my 15 minutes or 20 minutes Mm. if I can squeeze it in before the kids wake in the morning however long that might be and that really does um get me to a different level of um, awareness again so it's like I need top-ups so yes, I think I'm which is an important and I think that is an important um, distinction to to remind our omlings of is that introduction to the moment moment to moment awareness is really important and wherever possible to 
to develop and strengthen our own formal practice, a deeper, a deeper practice of mindfulness, whether it's a guided meditation or, or some um, breathing meditation or uh, the, the meta meditation, the loving kindness meditations. There's so many of them available out there. And in fact, do you have anything in your resource toolbox, Kelly, for people? Yeah, um, if people are just starting out, I do actually have a little introduction to mindfulness for mums, little seven-day video course, which has got ideas for these little micro-holidays that I call them throughout the day. So that's just on my website if anyone was interested. So what's your website? Because I'll get all the dubs wrong. Oh, sure. Yeah. (laughs) So there's all the dubs and then cultivatingcalm.org. So www.cultivatingcalm.org? Yes, that's right. And they'll be able to find, well, yeah. find the, the your resources. But also, tell us about your book. What what was it that inspired you to write this um, guidebook for overthinking mothers? <laughs> Obviously based on your own experience of being <laughs> yeah. an overthinker. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kelly Brown. I'm an overthinker. <laughs> O-T-A, is it Overthinkers Anonymous? Yes. (laughs) My last overthinking moment was seven days ago. (laughs) Yeah. Um, More like seven seconds ago from (laughs) Fiona. You don't give yourself enough credit. (laughs) (laughs) Could be seven days now, possibly. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Yeah, look, this was first and foremost, it was for my daughter, to be honest. Um, I was... You know, I it was such a such a I don't want to say traumatic experience, but yeah, like a really intense, the most intense experience I've ever had in my life becoming a mum and this mm. transition from my you know life v one point to v two point mm. Um, and I thought, wow, with all with this huge change that I've felt in you know starting my contemplative practice and um, this research and knowledge that I have you know, now have in this space, I need to put this down in a book for my daughter so that if she doesn't come across it in any other way, that she will hopefully have a slightly smoother transition into motherhood than I did. Wow. Um, and in saying, you know, that was sort of definitely where it came from. But then, you know, it was also for me. It was for me to um, – as, as I was writing it, I just was growing more and more every day with, um, you know, putting these thoughts and words down on paper and these practical exercises and, you know, all these different parts of it just was so nurturing and nourishing for me. It was like um, therapy for me to, to write it. And then obviously on the back of that, it was like, well, if I can, if I can reach out to just one other mother who's really struggling right now, and and yeah see if this might resonate with them and help them on their journey that would just be bliss you know to be able to help wow what a beautiful gift kelly brown you're the gift that keeps on giving through your (laughs) lovely books (laughs) so what's your favorite um how many practices are in there or what what are some of your favorite practices in the book um, so the books, the book starts off being, it's, it's got a, it's quite metaphorical, which mm-hmm. I guess a lot of, a lot of this world is, um, when we're talking about the mind, it's, you know, when we get into the real science of it, it can be a bit 
dry. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's quite metaphorical. That's a great word for it, dry. <laughs> it starts off with a, with a fable, actually, um, about a fox and a bear. So it's sort of, yeah, showing you about the difference between the thinking mind and the observing self and, you know, trying to kind of make those more technical concepts um yeah, easy, more easily digestible, I guess. Um, and it's a lovely little poem and beautifully illustrated by my talented friend Hannah, who, oh, she's just did the most amazing illustrations. So from there, it kind of always references back to this fox and the bear. Um, and it talks, we talk about um, mindful breathing. So, you know, literally just connecting with that, coming out of your foxy mind and, and sinking into your senses is my favorite. So just taking that conscious breath to sink into your senses and just notice you know what can you see smell hear taste and feel right now that's my most that's definitely my go-to so say that again what can you what can so I sometimes I I talk about it like as a take five so just take five minutes to notice your five senses to really take a breath and sink into your senses and first notice what can you see what can you hear what can you smell, what can you taste, and what can you feel? Um, and it's just this most simple and easy way to ground yourself when you're wow, in a Wow, that was break. quite – I'll have to pause you there. That was actually quite incredible as as you I, – I was breathing out as you were saying, what can you see? What, and it, it was a lovely moment. Mm. So we wouldn't even – we could do that in one breath. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Wow. Yeah. What can you see? What can you hear? What can you smell? Smell. What can you taste? Taste. Rip. And what can you feel? Yeah. Wow. I love that. Omlings, that is one of our A-list practices. <laughs> <laughs> that, wow, that's a lovely, a really lovely ritual. And, and mm. you can do that anywhere. Yes, at, on the at fly. Any time. Yes. So that's absolutely. one of our micro micro moments. Yeah. What, is that what you call them? Oh micro? yeah, I call I call them micro holidays. Oh, micro I holidays. Feel, feel like it's as good as the Bahamas, but you can do it in your pajamas. <laughs> Write that one down, Vicky. <laughs> A Kellyism. <laughs> I've got one. My first. Yes. Kellyism. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, so we've got the the take five, and it it can and it's five minutes. Uh, five well, one minutes. Yeah, it's, or, it's really or just whatever. Not works. Being able to notice those five senses, and that's yeah. that's that. Just giving giving the monkey mind a job for even one breath just puts the brakes on that stress system. Hey, absolutely, absolutely. And I've found you know particularly for people that I work with. Um, mums with particularly with young children you know like it's it's not often that we have five minutes even to ourselves so it's these many many little Mm. um yeah being able to insert just yeah as you said just one breath one conscious breath where you know you're literally just and I and I can feel it when I when I use the term sink into my senses because I really do feel like I can feel my awareness just 
kind of rush through my body like oh right we're back in this body that's such a better place to be than well, running that's around what, that's exactly <laughs> what I noticed Kelly in in that moment of as I said I was breathing out as and then thinking see smell hear taste feel and it it was it was a definite arriving oh here mm. I am that was my first impression and then it was that sinking and melting into myself mm. what a gift it Beautiful. is i love it yeah. omlings get on it <laughs> <laughs> take five <laughs> so take five that's exactly right and so how how often are you so you've got your formal practice that you're that that's your top up yes and then how often throughout your day are you taking those micro holidays well, to start with, because um, obviously it was, you know, 30-some years of living in my head, it was not going to happen um, naturally to, to notice to take those moments. So actually, and being the, you know, too connected to my phone person that I was at that time, yeah. I scheduled these breathing breaks as reminders on my phone. Mm. So literally, you know, the phone would always be somewhere near me at that time. It was just like, you know. Yeah, otherwise we have an anxiety attack if it's Yes, <laughs> yes. What am I missing out on? Nothing is the answer. No, um, what's it called? Um, nomophobia. Nomophobia. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the anxiety experience we have when, when we don't have our phone close by. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> but in this sense, it actually um, it was actually a helpful tool. So I set three reminders throughout the day that would pop up, you know, so one mid-morning, one lunchtime, and then one at that sort of, you know, witching hour with the kids. Yeah. And it was through one of the mindfulness apps, I think maybe the one that's just called mindfulness. Um, and so you could set a tone. So it was the beautiful bell noise. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and you could put in your own little uh, text for what you wanted it to say. So one of mine in the morning would just said, take three breaths which, you know, would, was life-changing in itself. And then the midday one might have been, oh, I think the midday one was um, watch nature be, because that's another favorite little snippet for me is take five while, you know, what, looking out the window if it's a terrible day or getting outside into yeah. nature and just stopping literally for two minutes. Sometimes I used to have to set my timer so that I would actually do it because two minutes felt too long when, yeah, when my hustled, yeah. frazzled, craziness yeah so if I set my timer that allowed me to be there because I knew that my timer was going to go off and I could get back to my to-do list but I would be gifting myself those two minutes that's how frazzled I was I couldn't even do it for two minutes without a timer <laughs> yeah. but it really worked to instill this practice in me um I think the end of the day one was um, you know, that time when you're cooking dinner and everyone's hungry and things are getting a bit crazy. It you was mean hangry? Hangry. <laughs> and I'm angry and I'm, you know, husband hasn't been seen for days and, you know, you're starting to get yeah. wound up um, yeah. to get upside down. And I was listening. Just, it's listening to that that internal dialogue and then becoming it is that's yes. that's where I find I, I can be at my most frazzled is that little that little monkey starts narrating. Yes. It starts the narrative and then and if I'm not aware, I'm listening and then I become it and think that I am the monkey. Mm. And just taking those breaths and, and 
whatever it takes. And you make an, a, a great point about the whole technology thing. Technology is pervasive and it's not going to get any less. In fact, it's expanding at a breaknecking rate. And what I've come to recognize is I don't, I don't think it's the technology. It's our relationship with the technology. We've, we've allowed it to hijack and, and, and demand um, our attention constantly and because because we're not doing anything to retrain and reclaim and and gather our attention and strengthen our awareness, then it we've just become addicted to the, these this technology. And now we're in some ways we we blame it, but it's not it. Just like it's not any you know it's not our our voice. It's not being a mum as such it's how we deal with all of the things that go on in life and what I'm hearing from you Kelly is that that there is an absolute way that that first and foremost you discovered to be able to do that moment by moment but secondly now that you're you've been able to um, put down into a plan and with with some ideas and exercises in in a companion guide that can help others to do that as well Hopefully before, which is what you were talking about with your daughter, is before you get to that frazzled state, being able to be aware that if this if this is the way that you might experience motherhood or life or career or whatever whatever it is, that there is a way to navigate through that uh, with some ease. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I just feel that, and you know, with our schooling as well. Um, I'm so excited by the fact that there are mindfulness programs happening in schools now. Isn't that just it's beautiful? Just absolutely brilliant. You know, so, so I'm it, so excited becoming, that my Yeah, I mean it's just it's taking off and it's that's it is it's such an exciting time for for um, our um cultivating healthier habits of mind. You know, we we teach we teach our kids how to read and how to write and how to how to um learn and understand that the academic world but i think within within our own realms that we've lost we've lost within the family realm because everyone's so rushing to learn how to to be kind with ourselves and be kind with others to forgive and to let go and to to cultivate and and strengthen those healthier habits of mind and and now thankfully it's being integrated into some of our school programs as part of their curriculum which is which is so exciting and wonderful so that we're we're actually um, allowing really beautiful kind and connected uh, young adults to emerge as a result of these amazing programs and as a result of people like you getting out there Kelly and, and sharing your message yeah, I, I think that's the thing. You know, my at my daughter's kindergarten, um, she's four, the most beautiful kindergarten up here, Maharangi Kindergarten, if you're looking in the Shout area. Shout out, snaps for you, Maharangi <laughs> <Shout> Kindergarten. <laughs> They're just brilliant. They've, they've, got, they've got a singing, singing bell. They sit down with the children. They ring the bell. They have a moment. Um, they've got a beautiful kindness practice. Um, they've got a whole wall dedicated to mindfulness and what that means. They do Tai Chi. They've just, I'm like, wow, we're, we're going to be fine. <laughs> there is there here. is a waking up. There is. Yeah. It's yeah. it's amazing. 
and I think what I'm trying to do, I guess, with my work is just fill in that gap. You know, I think our children, because of what we're all experiencing um, with our age group is, you know, we're, we're doing what we can for our kids. I'm just trying to fill in this gap. You know, like mm. all these people like me that hadn't come across contemplative practice or hadn't, you know, just nothing like that had come past them but could really, that it's resonating with, you know, I'm just trying to, yeah, reach up to those people. <laughs> yeah, and, and to let people know that there is another way, you know, that yes. there is, there is um, a time for intervention, whether it's uh, chemical intervention in, in the term of in in the form of of uh medication because sometimes there are times when that is a requirement but i think before before that before we get to that point of being in such overwhelm that we require those medical interventions there are small indicators that we're we may be hurtling emotionally out of control and being able to have those that moment to moment awareness to to cool off our stress system and and give ourselves a break invite a, a healthier balance of our that system that that is inherent in us that helps us to calm down that parasympathetic system which is so innovated and controlled by our breath mm. if all we do as you've illuminated us with today is take a couple of breaths, even just one, if that's all we do, we have the opportunity to, in that moment, reset our system. And the more that we do that, the stronger that gets. And it, and it does seem to have a compounding effect on our emotional well-being. Absolutely. I would absolutely agree about the compounding effect. Um, I guess the, the trick is no, knowing or noticing um, so that we know to take that breath, you know, so that we're noticing our emotions and we know that we're starting to get a bit frazzled, which, of course, is what that formal practice gives us is, you know, we're, we're doing it every day, we're practicing, you know, we're building that muscle of attention, mm. then we're, we're better able to notice when our stress is starting to rise. And another um, one-minute mindfulness practice that might be of interest um that has been really working for me lately in terms of noticing what's going on for me is to bring awareness to my face and to relax my face. Because of course, a lot of the time what's going on with your face is what's <laughs> reflecting what's going on in your head. This is so what I'm got... doing. I'm, I'm pulling faces now. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got the best dressed like uh, frown line from all these years of frowning not knowing that I was frowning <laughs> I know and so what you're saying is we don't need to go in for the Botox all we need to do is take some breaths and bring awareness to our face and love our facial muscles back to to their um, youthful vital little selves well I that would be awesome. I don't know if my frown line's going anywhere. It's so deep. <laughs> but oh, it's part of your beautiful character. It is. It's me. It's, it's me. part of your beautiful character. <laughs> but I really notice about, um, I notice now that I'm clenching my jaw. I'm like, what am I clenching my jaw for? It's just because I'm in a train of thought that's not necessarily bad. But and so clenching my jaw, that, um, you know, that relaxes my shoulders, just relaxes my whole body. So, yeah, I'm bringing much more attention to relaxing my face lately. We have we have a great um, one minute mindfulness practice, and it's it's noticing where your tongue is and and, mm. and allowing it to 
because a lot of the time it's jammed against the roof of our mouths, allowing it to just to relax with, with a couple of breaths and sit gently behind our teeth. And that's one of our, our favourite uh, omling practices and a lot of feedback we get is around that, oh, yeah, I, I've, I, when I notice my tongue, Tend, it can be jammed against the roof of my mouth, which has value sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. But just bringing that awareness and just giving it, allowing it to gently relax and sit behind the teeth, just again gives us the opportunity to connect with with our vagus system, with our parasympathetic system, which is that reset system. And so, Kelly. It has been so beautiful to chat with you. Thank you so much for being part of the show and illuminating and sharing with us two amazing practices. The Take 5 practice, which I'm sure that our omlings will be out there practicing that taking five minutes or five breaths to notice those those and bring awareness to all of our senses. I know that that was an absolute gift for me today in uh, in our time together was just with with my out breath just being able to notice all of those senses and and melt and um, arrive in in my body it was a, a beautiful gift so thank you and also bringing awareness to our face to to bring back that that youthful appearance <laughs> oh thank you so much for having me Vicky it's been such a pleasure yeah. yay yay and, and will you come back Oh, yes, please. So give us, give us your <laughs> website again. Okay, it's www.cultivatingcalm.org. And that and people can uh, access your book on online there yes. as well? Yes, they can, yes. Fantastic. Well, Kelly, thank you so much. And um, do reach out and have a look and navigate your way around uh, through through Kelly's amazing resources and there are so many ways that you can stay connected with us on the couch as well do go to the website www.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash o-m-m that's o-m-m and you'll find a growing number on on the wellness couch of fabulous shows and you'll join some outstanding contributors on the couch who are all totally dedicated to supporting you in your wellness adventure. Do go and like us on Facebook or your favourite social media platform and go and post or tweet and share it with your online tribe. So until next time, beautiful omlings, please do remember to pause, unplug, breathe and smile your way through your days as you reconnect with your inner amazingness and bliss and allow your unique gifts to warmly wash over the hearts of those around you until next time this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com check us out on facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch subscribe to each show on itunes and check us out on twitter the wellness couch streaming wellness into your lives Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.